This episode of Breaking Brave is brought to you by Soul Snacks. Soul Snacks are single ingredient, eco-conscious dog and cat treats sourced directly from farms in Ontario and wrapped in fully compostable packaging. Treating your pets never felt so good. Use coupon code BREAKINGBRAVE for 15% off on soulsnacks.ca. That's soulsnacks.ca. This episode is also brought to you by Crank Coffee, the newest member of the Neal Brothers family. Crank Coffee is a new Canadian whole bean coffee brand that is certified organic and fair trade, founded by the Neal Brothers, Peter and Chris. This brand was influenced by cycling, coffee lovers, and experts. Check it out at the Neal Brothers online shop and use our coupon code BRAVE for 20% off your first Crank Coffee purchase. Enjoy. Welcome to Breaking Brave. I'm your host, Marilyn Barefoot. My guests today are Alana Nathanson and Natalie Armada, founders of marketing agency Giants and Gentlemen. At least that's what the agency has been called for the last 10 years. Natalie and Alana have just completed a rebrand evolving to their moniker, G&G. They really do practice what they preach. Effective immediately, they can be reached at gngadvertising.com. These are two exceptionally brave women who stepped away from well-paying careers in advertising to do something meaningful with a mission statement to kick ass with integrity. As entrepreneurs, Natalie and Alana bring a grow-or-die philosophy to everything they work on. Their vision? Be brave and be decent. Please welcome Alana Nathanson and Natalie Armada to Breaking Brave. I'm thrilled because through all of what we're going to talk about today, the word brave with such a capital B is interwoven through the entire conversation. My guests today are Alana Nathanson and Natalie Armada. Now, these two brave, powerful women founded Giants and Gentlemen. Giants and Gentlemen is an award-winning strategy and creative advertising agency that is doing awesome work. And I think I can say that because I used to have my own shop and I also worked for some of those big guys. And I can tell you when I looked at your work, I got chills. So welcome, Alana, and welcome, Natalie. Hi, ladies. Hello. So the first question, I, and because I got both of you here, which is just such a delight, we're getting better and better at having more than one guest on Breaking Brave. And of course, you guys are both super powerful, brave. I'm going to start with Alana. What was the big inspiration? Like, were you guys having a glass of wine on, on a patio and saying, I'm just done with the big guys <laughs> and let's do something on our own? Because I actually really don't know the story of the creation of Giants and Gentlemen. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, Nat and I always talk about how it was sort of like love at first sight with the two of us from a professional standpoint. And uh, (laughs) we started working together as a creative team. And within a few weeks, we were talking about doing something. It was just one of those things. We were both really entrepreneurial people always. And it was something we both, I think, had in our heads separately. And when we came together, 
um, it just clicked and we were both ready. We'd both been in the industry for, you know, a good number of years. We'd won a lot of awards, done a lot of great work. And it was just, it was just the right timing, you know, in our, in our lives, in our professional lives, um, in the industry, you know, a lot of the indies were being bought and it seemed like a good opportunity to start something new and fresh with some different ideas. And, um, so that's, that's really how it began with us just talking about it. And then we made it happen within a year. Wow. Good for you. So Natalie, are you not, I'll, I'll ask you. So did you both, you know, one of you drafted the resignation letter and you walked in together and said, we're out of here or, or how did, how did the departure part of this? And I'm not asking who you left, but what, how did the departure part of it go from walking away from the big agency to hanging up your own shingles, so to speak? Yeah. Well, it was uh, it was quite a decision to make. That's for sure. It was it was really a huge decision. Um, we both had senior jobs. Um, you know, we were making decent money. Uh, we were walking away from that. Like we were leaving behind something. You know, so it, it took a lot of uh, courage to do that because uh, there was a lot on the line. Um, you know, we both have mortgages to pay and all of that. So. <laughs> But uh, anyway, we just felt that it was time for something new. It was time for a change. And we love advertising. And we were ready to really start a business. And we really wanted that challenge of running a shop and uh, taking everything that we loved about the industry and um, the advertising agency business side um, and then bring all of that good stuff and then leave all the bad stuff behind. That was the the real objective, I would say. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So Alana, did you have your feet in both camps for a while? So yeah, you were working in the guys who were paying the mortgages agency, plus you were doing some stuff on the side, or was it a clean break? And I ask this just because... I get the bravery and courage level that's involved in stepping off a regular salary and benefits and things that you just become so accustomed to. So did you do a slow departure or was it just, nope, we're gone and tomorrow it's giants and gentlemen? Yeah, it was, it's a good question. It it really was a clean break. Um, you know, it was, it was a little, I suppose, looking back crazy to do, but it just, it felt like the right thing to do for us. And we knew that we needed to make a real clean break if um, if we were going to do it properly. And so, you know, we, um, and we did have a lot on the line. I mean, Natalie and I are both the sole income earners in our families. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a big risk, but it didn't feel like a risk to us. It felt, it just felt right. And I think we had the confidence in one another and believed in one another that we were going to make it happen and make it work. Um, and, and yeah, you know, we took that break. We, we regrouped, we thought about who we wanted to be and what we wanted to stand for. And, um, and then it just sort of took off from there. Did it ever. <laughs> Natalie, I know the answer to the question and probably other podcasts and other people that have interviewed you they all ask the question, but we have a global audience. I'm very proud of our global audience. So I'd love if you could tell the audience, Natalie, giants and gentlemen, what's the story? How did the name come about and what does it stand for? That's my question. 
Great question. Um, so 10 years ago, uh, we came up with this name because we wanted we wanted to really uh, get the point across that we want to make our clients giants in the marketplace. Uh, we want to make them famous. Um, we just want to do everything in our power to make them stand out. It's a really, really cluttered marketplace, and it's more cluttered now than it's ever been. Uh, so that's where giants came from. And then gentlemen, um, that was a that was a word in which we weren't taking ourselves too seriously. Here we are, two women, and it's the colloquial form of, uh, or cl- the colloquial word for uh, acting with integrity, uh, being respectful, just basically treating people the way you would want to be treated. So sadly, at the time... <laughs> Uh, and maybe still to this day, um, that combination of doing great work and treating people respectfully is not all that common. And we wanted to provide that to clients, that that combination of, you know, not having a massive ego, but at the same time doing, you know, phenomenal work that makes them stand out. So that's where the name comes from. And I got to ask this, Natalie, stay with me on this as I'll come back to you on it. Was there was there a poke around, yeah, you didn't take it too seriously, but, it, it, you know, back in the days of Mad Men, it was a male-dominated industry, and now there we have two strong, brave women stepping out. So is the gentleman a bit of a, a twist in that way, or am I seeing something I shouldn't be seeing? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It has been um, a little bit confusing through the years. Um, it was always meant to be a bit ironic and, and representative of something else, something bigger, something lovely and wonderful. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, sometimes there has been a little bit of confusion. Um, you know, we've had uh, potential clients, you know, say to us, oh, we thought it was all, you know, men, you know, running the agency and, you know, so um, when you take it literally, um, that can definitely happen. But it definitely was not a poke. Uh, definitely not. It was never meant to be that way. Um, it was always meant to be representational. Mm-hmm. God, and, okay. you know, you you asked about how we actually came up with it. We We started with our philosophy, really, which was about being brave and, and decent, i.e. I. acting with integrity. Um, and, and that was the foundation for everything. And even to step back a little more from that, when we were deciding what we wanted our agency to be, we had a lot of people saying things like, you should be a social shop, you should be a digital shop, you should be a this or a that. And we, we said, you know, I mean, media will change, but the core of who we are is big ideas and we need to stand for something more than that. And so we really have founded it on that philosophy of being brave and decent. And when we were talking about that, we just, that's how the name sort of rolled off of our tongues together. You know, brainstorming is, is, is that, that's how it came to be. I think that's exceptionally smart because none of us have a crystal ball in this industry. Don't commit yourself to something that you're then going to have to turn around and say, uh, whoops, oh, we didn't see that coming. So now we got to rebrand, change, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. <sighs> Fantastic. And I want to hear about uh, and I'll go to Alana for this. Um, I want to hear about the ability to make decisions about great work for the clients and decisions that make sense for you 
not decisions that are made because you have to hit a certain number by a certain quarter and report to New York. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how is that a driving force and, and a freeing kind of an enabling opportunity for you as a small, nimble, flexible shop? Well, yeah, I mean, you basically said it, that that's what it is. You know, we, we don't, we only answer to ourselves and to our clients, obviously. And um, so we, we can make the, the right decisions and we also can make decisions quickly and we can turn on a dime as we need to. And, you know, we, we're not beholden to something else, um, to, that, to that holding company um, where you can start to make decisions for the, for the wrong reasons, right? So that's really important to us. And it is, it is liberating. It is liberating to know that we can make the right choices for ourselves, for our people, for our clients. Um, and, you know, when something's working, we can, we can end those relationships too, because they have to be, it's important to have a good fit. Um, so that's, that's very liberating as well. I'm going to jump to a bucket about how the hell did we actually meet each other, which is the Mighty Women list. Natalie, maybe you could explain how you guys as giants and gentlemen in this awesome, brave, boutique, kick-ass shop kind of came together with a message in, in, if you will, the creation of the Mighty Women list, the inaugural list anyway. I mean, but tell us, tell the audience that story, because that was the genesis of us getting on this podcast today to talk about that, plus a lot of other things. Yeah, the Mighty Women has been, we are so proud of that. Um, it has been so amazing to, you know, co-found and co-chair. Uh, such a great initiative. And it has been so successful so far, and we've gotten such great feedback on it. It's um, What we wanted to do was really uh, celebrate women um, as a whole, you know, not just, you know, in advertising or in their careers, just as people and everything that they bring, uh, you know, to the industry, which is which is more than just the work itself. So we felt that um, there wasn't a uh, a show that really did that. You know, there was a there was a gap. So that's what we wanted to fill. And so far, it's been it's been fantastic. We got way more applicants than we expected. Um, we got, uh, I think we got close to 90, you know, the first year. And yeah, and we're, uh, and Marilyn, of course, uh, you're on that list, which is fantastic. And everybody had amazing stories. Uh, it was really, really hard to distill it down to, to 10 amazing women. It really was. Yeah, we would have really loved to have everyone on that list. Honestly, everyone has such amazing stories and had done such incredible things. And yeah, like Natalie was saying, we really wanted to celebrate the the whole woman and and the the journey that they'd been on and the challenges that they'd overcome um, in their both in their personal and professional lives. Um, you know, as as women, we really do have so much that we have to juggle and balance, um, and. Uh, to push our careers forward, but to also manage our, our own personal lives and our families. And, and it's a lot. So Alana, just because we're, we, we are global, maybe we could just, with that explanation of the Mighty Women list, 
I would love you to just take a 30,000-foot view of this for a second and say, okay, so what is the message? Some people out there in the world beyond Canada may not understand that. And then what is this Mighty Women list, and, and how did you and the message come together to kind of create this powerful initiative that you've launched? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the message is an industry publication. Um, they started a couple of years ago, and they, um, they're, they're amazing. They really have like a fresh new voice in our industry, and they are... Um, you know, sort of an indie themselves. And um, so they really want to do some genuine reporting and stories and and make a difference in our industry. Um, So we really support that. And Nat and I together had the idea of really wanting to celebrate women in our industry um, and to celebrate, like we said, the, the entire journey, you know, that women go on in their careers in our industry, both advertising and marketing. Um, and we approached the message and talked to um, Libby there, who's the, um, as she calls herself, the non-editor. And she said, you know, we've been having sort of some similar conversations around something like this. So it was very serendipitous. And we said, okay, let's let's make this happen together. And um, so from there was born the the Mighty Women list. And the idea was to not see it as an award show, but really as, as again, as this celebration of women. And, you know, we asked women to um, either apply or someone could um, sponsor them and, and, and just answer a few very simple questions. We didn't want it to be onerous to, to enter. Um, and it was really about, you know, obstacles that you've overcome in your, in your life, in your career. Um, what are your, some of your major accomplishments? And um, and from that, like Natalie said, we just got an amazing, amazing array of of applicants with such incredible stories. And then we brought together some really amazing uh, judges, all women in the industry, to read through the stories. And we had an amazing conversation um, for a few hours, talking through who we thought should be on the list. And and like we said, we thought we we wanted everyone to be on that list. Honestly, it was, it was incredible. And we're really looking forward to this year and, um, and what we can bring to it. And, you know, eventually we'd love to do it as a live event. So, yeah. We have a link on the message where you can apply. So all of that will be updated very, very soon. So great. Thank you. Well, it was a tremendous honor for myself and, and also then generated the, the, fabulous interview with Ira Baptiste. So you're creating an incredible movement. And I'll just say this, you guys sent me a lovely certificate, which is hanging on my wall, but it's the real deal, just like the two of you. So I I felt very, very, very special that, that I got included. I'm going to now jump to some work you've done with the Assaulted Women's Helpline, because I've looked at everything you've done I've reviewed the stats. I'm getting chills up and down my spine just even talking about it. But could I ask you, Alana, to talk to our audience about this client, the Assaulted Women's Helpline, how you came to be connected with them, and and what kind of work you're doing for them? Yes. No, absolutely. Um, It all started a few years ago, um, probably 
four or five, I want to say, um, with an idea that we had. Um, and, and the idea was to, to show that abuse can happen to any woman in, um, any sort of income bracket and, and it needs to be talked about and it needs to be seen. And, and the, the idea creatively was to show, um, a woman being abused in her home and, and making it look as though it was in the window of a condominium um, downtown in, in a nice area. And we were going to project this um, and so that people could see it happening. And, and the question was, you know, if you, if you saw something, would you say something? Um, don't, you can't, don't ignore this because it's being ignored and it might be your neighbor. Um, so this was really to create awareness for them. And so we approached the Assaulted Women's Helpline with this idea because we thought they were doing really important work, but they're very small and they don't have a lot of resources. And they have been so wonderful. They are so appreciative. Um, I have to say, you know, quite often when you do pro bono work, you almost get taken for granted because you're not being paid. You know, it's this weird, ironic twist that happens there. Um, but they are so appreciative and understand, um, you know, that we just want to help and, and they, and they want our help and they, they love what we do. And so we made that happen for them. And, um, and so every year since then, we have just, um, come up with a new way to create awareness for the organization. And, um, and it's, it's really helped them a lot in terms of, um, of women knowing that they exist as a resource, um, as well as getting donations. So we're really proud of, of what we do with them. And, um, and we're, we're going to continue to help them each year. We're in the midst of, um, of working on what we're going to do for them this year. I can't wait. I can't wait. The statistics, which I've got highlighted in big yellow print on my wall, are every six days we lose one woman to violence in the home. 70% of abuse cases go unreported. And as shocking as that is, here's the one that stopped me in my tracks. Women who first experience domestic abuse are typically between 18 and 24 years of age. Yeah. I, I don't know why, Natalie, I thought, and then I went back and read and reread and read, and okay, all right, I'm seeing the word first experience, but... Can you, Natalie, can you talk to any of those statistics? I mean, I know they're not your statistics, but 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 as a driving force behind the work, the incredible work you're doing for the Assaulted Women's Helpline? Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, they're absolutely devastating. Um, doesn't it go to show that, you know, these women that are being abused between 18 and 24 it's just heartbreaking because it's happening at such a young age. So I guess they feel like it's normalized, you know, that this is the way things are, you know. Um, a couple of other statistics, um, you know, from from working on this, uh, working with this client, um, one in four women are abused. And also it takes about seven attempts to leave. Seven attempts 
Like, mm-hmm. it's just, all of these stats are just staggering. Mm-hmm. Actually, the last one about these seven attempts um, sparked an idea for us, which was the most recent work that we did for them, which where whereby we we showed a house where all the windows and doors were bricked in. So it's like a prison. And um, we we showed a townhouse so that uh, that way you could see like homes on either side are normal and something is eerily different about this one. And, and then we had a sign out front and we did a video of it. Um, and we showed people's reactions to the house that's that's basically uh, the house with no escape, and uh, and it and it's so true. And and also this house was in a nice area. So again, to Alana's point, you know, with the uh, the very first video that we did, it was shot in a very upscale neighborhood in downtown Toronto. So it happens in all walks of life, you know. So. Uh, and especially during COVID too, you know, people were literally trapped in their homes for two yeah. years. And abuse went up. Yeah, it, it got even worse. And um, the interesting sort of insight that we we garnered was that people don't people don't understand. They think, well, you're being abused. Why don't you just leave? Why doesn't she just leave? And and the truth is, it's not that easy. And so we really wanted to highlight that. Like, it's not that easy. And abuse is one of these insidious things that gets normalized slowly over time. It starts with something small and it just grows and grows and grows so that by the time you're at this very extreme end of it, you don't realize it's happened because it's been slowly normalized over time. So we really wanted people to empathize with how difficult it is to leave and how brave you need to be to be able to leave. It's, but it is, it's, it's, it's devastating and it's devastating how prevalent it is. The work is, is incredible. And Alana, I'm going to stay with you for a minute here uh, because I'd like to talk about the social campaign that you did specifically targeting these first Mm. abused women in the age group of 18 to 24 years of age that this statistic was also kind of frightening. They spend two hours a day on yeah. social media. Okay. I hate that, but yeah, that's a real thing. I think thing. it's more now. Um, so you use, <laughs> it, I'm sure it is, especially given COVID, that you use Snapchat and Instagram as the delivery medium for an incredibly incredibly, I mean, to me anyway, effective campaign. Maybe, Elena, you could just talk about what that is visually so that so that the audience can can visualize what what you did and and how it sent the message. Yeah, so yeah, and exactly. We wanted to target that that age group. And you know, the idea of social media being this very fake place, right? Um, and, and everyone using filters to make things look better, make their lives look perfect, et cetera, et cetera. So we sort of use that device to show, um, a young woman who is using a filter and, you know, everything looks nice and she looks good. And then the filter sort of is removed and we see that she has a black eye and it's to understand that like the truth behind what's actually happening. 
and you don't really know what's happening um, in people's lives. And we especially don't know in social media because we're just trying to make everything look perfect. So it was it was trying to show that there is um, there is a truth behind what's happening and we need to remove those filters and, and be honest. Thank you. Um, so two things. Uh, first and foremost, if at this point in the interview, somebody needs to reach out and relates to this situation in their own lives, how can they reach out for help, Elena, through the hotline or a website, or this is the call out to say, if somebody somewhere is listening and wants to to reach out for help, what what should they do? Yeah, they can go to the Assaulted Women's Helpline website. There is a number there that they can call, um, or they can reach out through through the site. And there's actually a way um, on the site to not be traced by their partner. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I had a note, Alana, that, uh, and maybe it's not the case anymore, but I don't know, is... is Woman Abuse Prevention Month still November? I mean, is this a thing? I mean, in the past, I think because yes. of Movember and the focus on male, both physical and mental health, there was a push to try to make something happen for women as well. Is is, is that a thing? Is that or is it just? Yeah, no, it is a thing. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. It is a thing. Absolutely. Okay. And lastly, then your clients who who run this organization, the Assaulted Women's Helpline, what kind of change have they seen as a result of your pro bono work, as a result of you coming to them and saying, look, we have these ideas, we feel this is important, we'll do it for you for nothing. What what kind of change, Natalie, would you like to to take that? I mean, what kind of feedback are you getting on this work? I can tell you, I just heard recently that uh, some fantastic news that they got um, a lot of donations from the last video that we did. Um, in fact, uh, they got one donation, like a single donation of $40,000, which is great, and other donations like that. So it's uh, it's had a fantastic impact so far. Yeah, it really has. And, you know, every time we have um, run a campaign, they're their calls go up like enormously. I don't have the exact stat, but it's 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 quite huge. It's quite significant. So it's it's made a real difference in terms of awareness and donations, which is just so incredible. <laughs> well, thank you on behalf of all women around the world for what you're doing. Because there's a lot of things that go on for a lot of causes. But then there are these things that are that are so important but yet are not as mainstream in the world. And so I applaud you for the bravery if you will and the core conviction to stand up and try and help something that isn't quite as if you will mainstream sexy talked about. Yeah, no thank you. I mean we just we do want to help those that that actually need the help, you know? I mean it is amazing the funding behind breast cancer. Thank God that exists, but they've got a lot going on, which is great. So we want to we want to help those that need it most. Really, fantastic, um, Natalie. All about brave here. Your philosophy is to help brands tower like giants and do brave work. 
it doesn't have to be stuff that you're doing. It could be. And I'll put you on the spot here a little bit. What are some brands out there in your mind that are doing some some brave, bleeding edge, interesting work? And if they're yours, great. If they're not yours, great. It's just really what do you, because you guys are incredible, powerful, intelligent, creative women, what do you see out there in the big world that's brave? That's a great question. So um it's funny when I when I look at a lot of the work out there, there's been a lot of controversy about what's in award shows, but what's actually out there in the world. So if you're not following award show work, you might not know what's actually being produced, which is which is an odd disconnect, you know. But um Actually, I'll talk about one campaign that was that I actually saw on air. <laughs> um, and it's uh Alana and I were talking about this the other night um at a function, and uh it's the work for um the egg farmers of Canada. And I thought the the strategy is just so funny, and the fact that it's a funny campaign is refreshing. Because um, there has been a real shift in our industry towards uh, charitable work, which is fantastic. It's great, you know, but uh, sometimes you question the authenticity of it as it pertains to certain brands. But anyway, we'll park that for a second. Um, the uh, the Egg Farmers of Canada, it was, it was all about uh, that eggs can be for, you know, any time of day, like any meal. And uh, so... Um, if I remember correctly, it's a guy asking his uh, wife or kids, you know, you're having eggs for dinner. And uh, he'll say, that's weird. And then she'll respond saying, well, your pants are weird. And he's got his pants like right up to his neck type of thing. And uh, anyway, they're just kind of there in silence, you know, about like, well, who's more weird? You know, <laughs> but anyway, it was just an interesting insight that, you know, having eggs for dinner is not necessarily weird, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it was just kind of silly and fun and, and it actually ran. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of creative directors that I've worked with over the years will tell you, and you guys are the same. Funny is so damn hard. It's not easy to do. And you never know if it's going to land the way you think it's going to land. Yours does. Yours does. So, Alana, talk to me, please, and the audience about what you, just you personally, think is the funniest spot you've ever produced. Because in my head, I think I know what you're going to say, but let's... let's... One of the first things that just comes to mind is um, some work we did for for .ca, um, the, the first campaign we did for them was Don't Be a Traitor. And it was all about, you know, as a small Canadian business, you should be choosing a .ca, not a .com. Sorry, global audience, but <laughs> this is for Canada. And, uh, <laughs> and so we sort of created this .ca squad who would co- go around and stop people who were buying .coms, <laughs> stop them in their tracks and, you know, break down their doors and that kind of thing. But it was done in a really tongue-in-cheek kind of way. And um, it was really brave of our client to do that, first of all. I mean, it was it was pretty out there. And uh, and I just, it just made me laugh. Like, every time I, <laughs> every time I see it, it still makes me laugh. Um, Natalie, 
Fisherman's Friend. I found that creative very amusing. Was it really fun to work on that brand? And and what's what's the what's the line? Yeah, suck it up. Yeah, suck it up. Yeah. Well, it came from um, the insight that this is not a candy. This actually does work. And uh, and then we we married that with you know just kind of the how society has become a little bit soft. <laughs> you know, um, you know just. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we have so many luxuries in this world, you know, and, uh, and we're, we've poked fun at, you know, the man cold, for instance, and, you know, that things aren't necessarily as hard as they used to be. So, uh, yeah, so through the years, uh, the work that we've done on Fisherman's Friend, uh, lends itself to humor, which has been fantastic. And, uh, you know, poking fun at the way society has become and and just the strength of those lozenges and and their origin story we brought them back to the fishermen and and the strength of uh, the lozenges and the original story that's yeah, fabulous is that what you thought i was going to say marilyn yeah <laughs> where you know you're tossing the fisherman's friend lozenge into the great white shark its mouth and and it's spitting out fishermen that it had eaten before kind of fun oh, stuff yeah, that, that was that this, one yeah but we all that that's the, the great thing the about campaign, humor yeah. and the great thing about creative we all have our our faves we all have we, things strike us differently from a humor perspective that mm-hmm. leads me to Alana out thinking i'd like to talk about out thinking and this this term that you have within your agency and what is it and and why is it so fantastic and and maybe you could give me an example of something that outthinking has has uh, mm-hmm. created for you yeah um yeah outthinking was something that actually Natalie and I we came up with right at the very beginning um, as an extra tool uh, for insights. So, you know, we have all our usual ways to get insights, um, to get into a meaningful strategy, to be the foundation for great creative. Um, but we wanted something else to bring to the table. And so the idea is really to bring someone who has encountered a similar challenge to the one we're up against, but from a completely different industry, like not from marketing, not from advertising, someone that's kind of unexpected that can help us really just garner some more insights um, as we put together a creative brief. Um, And an example of that is when we were working on Days In, um, we were looking at the business traveler and we thought, well, why don't we talk to a flight attendant? So that's who we brought in as our outthinker. And she helped us get to this insight that people complain, and this is pre-pandemic, obviously. I think everyone's excited for business travel again. But but back then, there was this idea that it's, it's a bit of a drag, it's a bit of a pain. But the truth was that there's actually a bit of a, a little mini vacation in being able to get away from your life that no one really talks about, but everyone was experiencing. And so that sort of led us to the creative platform of take a bizcation. Um, which meant, you know, you could have the bed to yourself. <laughs> you don't have to take out the garbage. You know, all the little chores that you have to do at home, you can have a little break from. And that was actually a very funny campaign as well. I love that. Thank you for the explanation. Because people talk about, and in the industry that I'm in, 
thinking outside of the box. So calling it out thinking is is a brilliant way of doing it. And more and more, I think the world is starting to realize that perspectives bring richness to insights. And and anybody who I was in Edmonton for the last two days, anybody who takes a bizcation, meaning uh, I gotta go out there and I've got to do this, especially if it's some little Cincinnati-ish kind of town. Yeah. But yet in your heart, you know it's great. So you can have a shower yeah. without the dog walking in on you and you can actually read a book and you can decide if you yeah. want to watch that show that's really ridiculous on television because nobody else is battling for the television space. And there and and <laughs> and the flight attendant is so right that it's it's it is a little break from the routine. Yeah, it was that little secret that no one really wanted to admit. And the response was incredible. Like, just, I mean, we weren't even in pre-roll. It was a TV spot, but it was being shared online. And the comments, you know, that that so many people related to this insight was, that's what we were really proud of, is, is that it was it was a real insight that people really could connect with and engage with. And and that's where the humor comes from, right? The humor always comes from the thing that we all relate to. Exactly. Exactly. It even ended up on a uh, talk show. It became a little bit polarizing, which is great. You want to be polarizing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there were like some serious debates, you know, and... uh, That's the core of brilliant creative to me. And also it's the core of humor, I mean, I'm not a stand-up comedian, but oh my gosh, I think my whole life I always wanted to be. And when a comedian (laughs) takes something as normal as standing in a line in a post office and makes it hysterically funny, it's because absolutely everybody who's in the audience has stood on the line in a post office before. So good for you that it's that boiling it down and boiling it down and boiling it down to find that truth nugget that the rest of the world has never really talked about before. Exactly. It's that relatable truth and then you sort of exaggerate it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it stands out and and it makes you laugh, but at the core you relate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can we talk about the gentleman's den, Natalie? The gentleman's den, meaning gentlemen's as in giants and gentlemen's, and how it's similar to Dragon's Den and why you got involved in that, and where did that eventually lead you into your next incredible entrepreneurial adventure? <laughs> so the Gentleman's Den, uh, we do that from time to time. So it's um, it's really time crunched, and we basically get everybody in the entire agency to to think of solutions for a client problem. And we make it fun. So uh, we'll put everybody into teams. And it's, uh, you know, they've got like, let's say, you know, 24 hours to, you know, crack this problem. And uh, they get together and they put a little presentation together. And then they present it to the rest of the agency. Um, it usually ends up being about uh, four different groups. And then there's a couple of us that are judges. And uh, and we take a look and uh, and then we end up presenting those ideas to our client. And it's an added value for our clients. And, you know, um, and also just different thinking, you know, uh, great ideas. I know it's cliche, but great ideas can come from anywhere. And 
you know, and there's uh, people that, uh, you know, sometimes there's like closet creatives, you know, in the, in the account department or, or wherever. And um, so it allows everybody to kind of flex those creative muscles and have some fun. I love it. And let's now, Alana, talk about how, because you're nimble, you're flexible, you're entrepreneurs, you're female, you're brave, not only are you running an agency, but you're running an alcohol company <laughs> called Giants and Gentlemen Old Tom Gin. Alana, yes. talk to me about how this came to pass. Yes. So this this started as a client gift. And we thought, I happen to be a gin lover myself, so we, um, we decided to distill a gin. Um, and it just went over so well that we thought, wow, let's, let's see what else this gin can do. So we started entering it into some award shows, and it kept winning for taste and branding and, you know, over and over again. And so Natalie and I thought, well, maybe we've got something here. Let's, let's give this a shot. I mean, we're sort of the compulsive entrepreneurs. We can't help ourselves. So we thought, yeah, let's see if this can be a real business. And um, we managed to get ourselves into the LCBO and launched it in June. So we're in uh, a bunch of LCBOs in the city and and some cottage country as well. And uh, yeah, we're 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 slowly but surely growing it. Um, and uh, it's it's been really fun and interesting and exciting. And it's also helped us. Um, I mean, I think we're very empathetic towards our clients already as business owners and entrepreneurs ourselves. But to get into the product space, it's 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 helped us really understand a lot of our clients even better, frankly. Um, in terms of, you know, the the operational things that they go through. Um, Fantastic. Old Tom. But what is this Victorian style? What is the terminology Old Tom? Like, what what is that? Because I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's very unique, actually. There's very few um, manufacturers that are making Old Tom. Most gins are London Dry. And it's just a slightly different recipe, um, and we've we tweaked it and made it our own. So it's sort of um, a new take on this old recipe, and we went through rounds and rounds and rounds until we got to a, a taste that we were really excited about. But overall, it's really just got a more balanced flavor profile, and there's sort of some vanilla and anise in there that allows it to be super smooth and something that you can actually drink neat which is also kind of unusual for Jen. So that's what we liked that about it, that it was, you know, a unique place to be in this, in the gin space. And it's a gin that we actually really love drinking ourselves. So excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, Natalie, is, is gin a thing that's coming back? I mean, uh, um, uh. My kids are, they, you know, they go to restaurants and they order old fashions. And I'm like, hey, and you think this is like cool because it is cool for them. But is gin part of this upswing of younger next generation folks that are into mixed drinks more than they are beer and wine these days? Absolutely. Uh, gin is really hot these days, um, which is uh, a good and bad thing because <laughs> the craft gin section in the LCBO has grown quite a bit. When we uh, 
When we first started uh, this gin, or when we first gave it out as a client gift, and we were kind of toying with the idea of making it into a business, there were only seven at the time. And now there's probably upwards of 100. So I think other people have... (laughs) Have, have caught on that, that gin's pretty popular these days. Um, yeah, it's funny. Um, I remember a nutritionist telling me years and years ago that if you're going to drink any alcohol, drink gin. Like alcohol is, uh, you know, it's not exactly a health drink, that's for sure. But <laughs> gin, <laughs> gin does have uh, some somewhat like medicinal, if you will, um, benefits, the juniper berries, uh, they help with digestion and, and whatnot. But anyway, it's, it has become quite popular. So I'm not sure, uh, you know, maybe, um, people are a little bit more health conscious than they used to be. And, uh, they don't want to drink, you know, highly sugary alcoholic drinks anymore, you know, but, we're enjoying the the popularity, that's for sure. That's fabulous. Alana, how do people get in touch with you? How do people reach out, connect? Yeah, um, go to our website, giantsandgents.com. That's giantsandgents.com. And uh, you can see our contact there to get in touch. Whether you want to work with us, work for us. It's, it's all on our site. Okay. And so if they want to reach you on Instagram or Twitter, it's it's all on the website, Natalie. Like there will be all those cute little buttons that they can press and follow. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I would say that's the best, best place to go. That's our hub. So. Great. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you for the bottom of my heart for coming on Breaking Brave, but also for being brave, for, for being brave to step away from the big agency model to to do something out there that is working so well test of time you're over 10 years old now and for showing the next generation and the current generation it's possible so thank you so much and i hope we can have you back and talk again about all the other new and exciting things you're up to in a little while so thank you both Well, thank you, Marilyn. This has been so wonderful to chat with you. And you're such an amazing person yourself and an inspiration too. So we're honored to be here and we would love to come back. Thank you so much, Marilyn. This has been an absolute pleasure. So much fun. Thanks so much for listening to Breaking Brave. For updates between episodes, please visit my website, marilynbarefoot.com. You can also find me at... Marilyn Barefoot. That's it for today. See you next time.